Good morning, George. And uh, Happy New Year. I was expecting you would say Happy New Year back to me. Uh, fantastic. Um, I know we could have some new visitors amongst us. This might be the first time you are coming to worship with us. Uh, so if you are there, let's see you. Uh, just raise up your hand so that we can see you and give you a... Oh, yeah, we have some few people on that side. We, we hope uh, you're going to have a good time with us today. And uh, God bless. I don't know whether you are visiting or you are staying in Manchester. This might be your home. And we also have Lydia and, uh, um, uh, with us and our mom. Oh, oh, Oscar, are you there? <laughs> okay, God bless you anyway. <laughs> uh, so good to see people here. You know, I wanted us to sing, this is the day. We used to sing it in those days. This is the day that the Lord has made. But I think, no, we'll sing it another time. Well, you want us to sing it? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's, let, let's sing it once, once or twice. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be Put your hands together better. This is the day that the Lord Wow. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. One more time. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord, the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Wow. I think everybody should be in the choir. <laughs> Yanni and uh, Kalani, please uh, take note of that. Well, God, is, God has been so good to us, and uh, I think I've got a message from God to us this morning. Uh, so we're going to read, I'm going to be taking my text from Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 7. Colossians chapter 2. From verse 1 to 7. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you. This was Paul talking to the church in uh, Colosse, um, or Colosse. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea. And for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart. And united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, 
namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Verse 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Uh, this is quite uh, a, a, a good scripture to begin the year with. And uh, we can just um, hear Paul in his writing, uh, letting them know how hard he has put them in his mind. And also the church in Laodicea. And he said in verse 2 that he had a goal not goals, one goal is that they may be encouraged in the heart and united in love so that they may have full riches, not 50% of riches, not partial riches, full riches of complete understanding. And that meant a lot to me. You know, thank God for Christ. Thank God for, 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 for whom Christ is. But it was as if Paul was saying that, look, I am hoping and believing that you will have full and complete riches of your understanding in Christ. Not partial understanding in Christ. And he would begin to tell them that he doesn't want anybody to deceive them. People who don't have full understanding in Christ might be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. By, 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 by things that could dissuade them away from Christ. And he was trying to tell them that he wanted them to know the mystery of God, that God has a mystery. And every mystery of God, or the mystery of God is actually Christ. And that he's believing and is hoping that their understanding of Christ will unveil that, that riches. It talks about uh, inside Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I was uh, uh, reading about uh, uh, George Washington Carver. And uh, he, he, he went to God and said, God, please show me the mystery of the universe. And God said, that is an exclusive thing to me. Then he said, God, show me the mystery of, of is a granite. And God showed him a mystery, the mystery of granite, and he was able to produce 300 products from granite. George Washington cover. Some of the uh, shampoo you use, oil you use, was produced by George Washington cover. Some of the uh, Vaseline, some of the cream you use was made out of uh, is it peanut or something uh, or cassava, something like that. So in Christ are eating hmm, all the treasures, not most treasures, 
all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, I want to concentrate a lot more today on verse 6 and 7. He said, after all those things, that I wanted to be matured in that, I wanted to have an understanding in Christ. He then said, so then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, as many of us as have given our lives to Christ, have committed our life and said, God, I want you to be the Lord. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to be my King. The Bible says, don't just stop at that. Continue to live your lives in him. So it's not just saying that, God, I've given my life to you. It's not just enough to say, thank God for that. But there is a continuity in our following Christ. In our learning to be like him. In our growing up. In our developing to be like Christ. And in our understanding of his of, of this treasure of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ is a mystery and you see many times I say especially for me I don't have many goals in life I only have one goal to follow Christ the more I follow him the more wisdom I get the more knowledge I get. In fact, there was a time God told me that, Kofo, you don't need to go outside, outside me, outside my kingdom, to go and get anything. Everything you need in life and for godliness is found in me, and I'm going to release them unto you. But you need to come to an understanding of me, of my fullness. So the Bible now says in verse 7, so how do we live our lives in him? It says, rooted and built up. Please look at two-dimensional growth. Rooted, downward growth, and upward growth. Rooted and built up in him, not outside him. Rooted, you know, when I was growing up, I, 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 you know, I pray some dangerous prayers. Probably I shouldn't say dangerous prayer. I just pray some prayers. And God has been able to help me so far. I used to pray to God that, God, please don't make me a shallow-rooted Christian. You know there are shallow-rooted plants and deep-rooted plants. Shallow-rooted plants, immediately you plant them like tomato. You know tomato. Within three or four days, you will just see it shooting up. And within three months, you can harvest tomato on the tomato plant. But you know what I discovered? A tomato plant, the first, a tomato plant dies with the first fruit. It's not seasonal. The lifespan of a tomato plant is just uh, three months or four months. But mango plants. When you plant a mango, it actually takes five years for you to harvest the first fruit. But every season, you begin to harvest mango. And the lifespan of a mango is 500 years. So I said, God, please make me a deep-rooted plant. Make me a deep-rooted Christian. I don't want to be shallow in my understanding of Christ. Uh, I want to know you more. And the fellowship of your suffering. And your power. 
everything you have for me. I don't want to live in this life and only know 10% of you and only know 90% of you. Everything you have for me in life, Jesus, I want to tap into it by being rooted in you. The rock and the sure foundation. Uh, you, you, you can't be moved. You can't be shaken when you are standing on that Christ. So take your root, take your source, take your bearing, take your direction from that root. But I'm not talking about roots today. And I've said a lot about roots, isn't it? It now says, built up in aim. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Wow. So it said, being rooted in Christ, built up in him, strengthened in faith, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's be people of God. You know why we can give thanks to God? Because we are rooted in him. There is no one who is rooted in Christ that does not thank him. Because you know, as long as you are rooted and standing on that rock, you can't be shaken, you can't be moved. There will be rain. Sun will come. Many things will happen. Persecution will come, troubles will come. But you are standing on that rock that cannot be moved. This year is a year for us to stop complaining. This year is a year for us to you know, we complain about weather. We complain about politics. I just discovered that as soon as you just put on your television, they give you 20 reasons to complain. You complain about climate. You complain about inflation. Why can't we take our root in Christ and give him thanks? Because we are rooted in him. And we are saying because of the knowledge we have in you, God, can you give us the mystery to penetrate the political system, to penetrate the educational system, to penetrate the, the what's it called, sports system, transport system. We need people like you who have a full understanding in Christ to take Christ to all those systems in our nation. Then people will begin to thank God because you are shining as light. Now the Bible now says, built up in him. Uh, that's my message today. Built up in Christ. How can we be built up in Christ? So when I'm talking about built in him, I'm talking about built up in Christ. Built up in Jesus. I'm not talking about being built up in Aristotle's or, or, or any other philosophical idea. I'm talking about built up in Christ. Being rooted in Christ and built up in him. So how can we be built in Christ? I just want to make a few suggestions. Is that okay? How can we be built up in Christ? Job chapter 22 verse 23. It says, Job 22 verse 23. It says, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. If you remove injustice far from your tents. Do you know that the presence of God 
brings joy to a believer. Every time you return back to God, do you know, many of you, if I ask you to do it, you know, I know at least once a week you visit the supermarket. Isn't it? Why do you go to the supermarket once a week? Pardon? Exactly. You have to get things because the store, I mean, is running dry. Many of you, I know you, you are here. You drive, uh, you drive a car. Thank God for electric cars now. Do you know you have to visit the petrol station probably once a week? Some of us, we visit it twice a week. Isn't it? I had the privilege of uh, going to Congo, and uh, we flew with this small uh, aircraft, and uh, took us from, is it Lu from Lubumbashi to Kabinda? And I was privileged to ask the pilot, every time a plane or an aircraft lands, before it takes off, it has to make a minimum check before it flies. You can't just land a plane and just take off. You have to make a minimum check that everything is okay. Many of us are landing, but we are not returning back to God before we take off. The work you are doing now, the project you are embarking upon, have you returned to God to say, God, are you in this thing with me? Do you want me to go ahead and do this? To be built up is to constantly return back to that rock, to return back to Jesus. To say, in all my ways, I acknowledge you. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm believing you to direct my path. That is being built up. You just discover more of Jesus in your life. You know, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's a joy to constantly return back to God. You don't know that every time you, you, you spend time with God, every time you are, are, are aware of his presence, you are being built up. That's the first one. What's the second one? Acts chapter 20, verse 32. So I said the first way to be built up is to always return back to God. Always giving glory. Always ask for direction. The second way of being built up is just a suggestion. Acts 20, 32. Now I commit you to God and to the, words, to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. What's the second way to being built up? <laughs> the word of God. You know, I know many people say that you don't need to read the word of God every day. <laughs> this is what I say. If you have to read the word of God, you don't need to read it every day. But when you want to, there's a difference between you have to, you don't have to. It's like people are controlling you. But when you just enjoy the word, you want, it's, it's, there's something in you, you are hungry and you are thirsting after the word. You want it. It's not that you are being told to. You enjoy the word of God. 
you get revelation about Christ. You get revelation about life. It puts things into perspective. I know there are youths here today. The Bible says, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. You don't know the treasure you have that you know the Lord. You know the author of life. How can a man or a woman keep his way pure by taking heed unto your word? I discovered the more of the word of God you read, the more grace is being released to your life. The more capability and ability of God is being released that what others are struggling with, you just is as if you are just doing it effortlessly. I don't know, for me, when I read the word of God, I try to take notes. If you ask me, what did God say to you? March 21, 2021, I'm going to tell you. I discovered that once I read the word of God, many of the things I do that day, I'm being propelled effortlessly. And as a pastor, I know I see many people. As church leaders, we see so many people. You need, and I discovered that the issue of one person is different from another. People can even bring the same issue. But God directs you not to give the same answer. The word of his grace. We need that. Even if you are a doctor, you need the word of his grace. If you are a politician, you need the word of God's grace. If you are a civil servant, you need the word of God's grace. If you are a lawyer, you need the word of God. If you are a student, try, you know, try it. When I was in the university, I told God, God, can I try reading your word? Probably it may not be in the morning, it may not be in the afternoon, but at least give me grace. You know what I even told God? I said, no, I don't have to, but I want to. Even sometimes when I want to, I, I, I don't feel like. So give me grace to be able to read your word. Can I try it for one month? The treasure I saw in God's word. Please try it. Ask God, Holy Spirit, please. Can you give me grace to search the word of God. And say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Reveal great things to me. What's the third thing I want to say to us? Jude, verse 20. It says, but you, dear friends, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. How do we build ourselves up again? By prayer. Build your faith. Don't be stagnant. You know, when we read Colossians 2 verse 6, it says, continue. How do you continue? I tell people, honestly, I know many of us we have read, or some of us have read, 10 ways to learn how to pray. Three ways to be able to pray effectively. For me, I only discover one way, There's only, for, I, I don't know, I, and I, I like to make things simple. The best way to learn how to pray is to start praying. <laughs> Honestly, just start praying. People say, there are 50 ways to pray. I just started praying. <laughs> if you want to have a powerful and uh, an effective prayer, one way for me, start praying. Go on your knees. 
I know the problem is when we now go there, that is the time that uh, your heart is occupied by, your heart is just wandering everywhere. Have you noticed that? When you wanted to pray, that's the time you remember your brother who is in America. <laughs> that you ought to have given him a call yesterday, but you, you, you forgot to send him a happy new year message. You, you wanted, you are praying, no? <laughs> and then sometimes when you want to pray, that's when you remember, ah, did I put the iron off? I don't think, ah, and if I leave it, if I continue to pray, if I leave it, I can burn the whole house. It will affect my insurance. Then you get up. As soon as you get up to go and check and you discover that the iron is off, then you hear a breaking news on the television. Your prayer is stopped. Get a place where you can meet with God. You know what I say to people? Even if it is one or two minutes, start you don't need to start with two hours, like some of us did when, when we became a Christian. I read a book, was it Os Oswald Smith, or was it uh, Charles Finney, who said, I will not eat my breakfast until I pray for one hour. So we said, yes. We just gave our lives to Christ. We didn't have the capacity to pray that long. I said, yes, we're going to, I'm not going to take any breakfast until I've prayed for one hour. So I knelt down. I began to pray. I prayed all, you know, I was so zealous. I was so strong, like some of us. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. Then to make my prayer longer than one hour, I prayed for chairs. I prayed for tables. I prayed for trees. I prayed for our classrooms. I, I, I was just praying. I prayed for cars. Then I said, thank God, I prayed for over one hour. I opened my eyes, it was just five minutes. <laughs> Start somewhere, that's what I'm saying. If it's two minutes, be consistent. Your two minutes will increase. You have so many things to thank God. Rather than complaining, there's a place to go and complain and say, God, see what is happening in our country. How do you want to help us? Can you use me? to be an answer to the problem in my community, that's prayer. You say, God, see what is happening in my life. See what is happening in my family. Can you help us? Can you send us help? And God will say to you, just come to the throne of grace where you can receive mercy and grace to help you in time of need. Prayer. It now says, uh, that Jude says, praying in the Holy Spirit. It is important. You can't pray in the Holy Spirit if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is very crucial. It's part of our faith. Where you can communicate with God in an unknown tongues. Where the power of God comes into you. Brother, don't live your life without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And some of us have not been baptized in water. You know, it was just so great to see our children, two of them are getting baptized in water today. And they've been talking about it. We need to be practical about all those things. It's very significant. It's about professing their faith in Christ. So I don't want to belabor that. Baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit is very important. The Holy Spirit takes over. The Bible says it begins to speak on your behalf. And it's also interceding on our behalf. 
Can you imagine that the Holy Spirit intercedes and he gives us words? You know, some, many times when you are praying, you, are, you, you run out of words. The Holy Spirit is there. He begins to say, this is how you need to pray. This is how, pray according to the will of God. This is the word you should use. That's the Holy Spirit. Another suggestion. You know, I just told you suggestion on how to be built up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. I'm getting there, don't worry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. My brothers, I need you to build me up. My sisters, I need you to build me up, just like I'm building you up. Encourage me in my faith. I remember in those days, it happens in this church, I think we should bring it back again. When we tell each other, have, uh, give me a verse, what verse did God give you today? Encourage me. There are times as leaders, we, we, we even do that, say, I, I hope you are still generous in your tithe and offering. We challenge ourselves. How is your prayer life? How is your work? You know, sometimes you just get back from work and you are deflated. You, we need each other. We need each other. Brothers, I need you to build me up. I also need, uh, you know, <laughs> you need me to build you up. We need each other. So the Bible says, just as you are doing, let's start doing it. If we have not started doing it, let's challenge each other. I know sometimes... <laughs> When we challenge each other, it could be confrontational. But it's not confrontational for me to ask you, how, what did God say to you today? I don't want you to start running away from me, okay? <laughs> but that's how to encourage each other. One way to build each other up in Christ is to encourage each other. Uh, the next one, Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers and sisters... We are called to be free. We are no longer slaves. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. My brothers and sisters, my friends, this year we are going to be building together. We are going to be serving one another. We need people to serve in the kids' work. We need people in the hospitality team. We need people in the worship team. Brothers and sisters, don't be afraid if I ask you, which area are you serving? You know what? We need to serve each other. There are gifts you've got that I don't have. There are gifts I have that you don't have. That's why we are one body. Do you know how many of you, excuse me, you had a cut in your finger? And your finger was bleeding, you know. And you just say to finger, please, I'm so busy right now. You go and see the GP. You, you tell your finger, you know, I'm the re remaining part of my body, I'm, I'm so busy. You just find your way, see the GP. And when everything is resolved, you come back. We are one body. We need to serve one another in love. Let it start with you. If you see an area... That you feel the leaders, you know, sometimes you say, the church is not doing this. But you are there, you are part of the church. 
The leaders cannot do everything. Once you see a gap, feel it. Do you know that you are building somebody? Say, oh, the leaders have not visited this person. Are you available to do that? Call the person on behalf of the church. When I came to this uh, church 24 years ago, that, that was what I used to do. When I discovered that, wow, the leaders are, are doing some things, the leader cannot save everybody. I will go on behalf of the leaders and I will say, I'm here on behalf of the church. I will pray with them. I will bless them. I visited so many people in their houses. Then one day, was it not Nicole who, who went to the leader then, Graham, and said, ah, have you not seen Kofu? He, 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 he gave me one Bible passage. Can you not tell him to preach one of these sun, Sundays? That was how I preached 22 years ago. The first time I preached in this church. So what am I saying? Find a gap. Find, you need to find something that you can fill in. That's how to serve. And should I tell you, many people are doing so many things. Come to us and say, which area can I serve? And please, when you say, which area can I serve? And if I tell you, please, we need some people to clean the toilet. You are just making yourself available. Because some people will come, oh, which area can I serve? You think, oh, I want to come and preach. If I say, please, can you clear the tables? Can you clear the chairs? You see, we are talking as a family today. That's how we get, we build each other up. I say, can you, will you be able to, on Sundays, help us to clear the chairs? Find a lack. Find a need in the church, in your community, on your street. That you feel you have the capacity. Even if you feel you don't have the capacity. Say, God, are you giving me grace to fill this need? We've done that even on our street. My wife is very, very good with that. With, I mean. Is there a way we can be friends with people on our street? Is there a way you can help a, a, a youth? What am I saying? Let's find a need. And fill it up. I know my time is gone. The last thing I want to say is in 1 Timothy 4 7. 1 Timothy 4 7. It says, I have nothing to do with, you know, I would have loved to read from, from verse 1 because it's uh, probably, uh, let me see. That's the last Bible passage I'm going to read. So as for you to get the context, and I will just talk briefly on, on uh, verse 7. Let me read from verse 1. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 7. The Spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith. We will not abandon the faith. Rather, our faith will be strengthened in God. It says, and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. Did you see thanksgiving again? By those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and not is to be rejected. It is, it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, 
nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. I don't know what that old wives' tale says. We'll talk about it some other time. Rather, train yourself to be godly. I discovered that to be godly, to be righteous, it doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come just coming to church on Sunday and you go back home. It requires training. How many of you doctors are here? If I ask you, how many books did you read? How many seminars did you go for? How many all nights reading did you do? Some of us, we read economics, history, sociology, biochemistry. How many books did you read? To be righteous and to be godly doesn't come automatically. It comes with training. It comes with exercise. It comes with reading books. It comes with read, listening to this message again and again and saying, God, I want, you know, I want to be trained in righteousness. That is how to be built up. God is going to help us this year, 2022, but we need each other. And we need to be built up in Christ. I'm going to ask, uh, uh, oh, Judith has gone. Richard, so are you going to come forward, please? I want you to just pray for the church of God. You know, I want you to just bless the church of God. And um, um, after that, we're going to be having the baptism. So you can go and prepare for the baptism. So Richard, please. Thanks, Kofi. Thanks for your word. Let's show appreciation to Kofi. Yeah, let's pray together. Perhaps we could just stand um, together if we're able. Yeah, Lord, at the start of another year, um, Lord, it is our intention, it's our desire that we would be built up in you, Lord God. Lord God, so we pray that you would help us, that you would help us to give ourselves to you, Lord God, that we would return to you again and again, Lord God, that we would constantly come back to you, that we wouldn't just plow on with our lives this year, that we would constantly be coming back to you. Lord God, that we would read your word. Help us, Lord, where perhaps we've tried and we found it difficult, where perhaps we've struggled, uh, where perhaps we've started Bible reading plans in the past and abandoned them in Numbers or Leviticus, Lord, where we've um, found it hard work. I pray that you'd give us grace and perseverance and you'd help us to read your word faithfully Lord God I pray you'd help us to pray and to grow in our prayer lives Lord God I pray that you'd help us Lord to honor one another to serve one another to encourage one another Lord God that Lord that we would truly be built up in you that Lord that we would be able to look back at the end of this year and say that we know you better that we're stronger in you, that we've put our roots down deeper in you over the course of this year. So we pray that you will be with every single one of us, those that are here this morning, those that are watching online, and those who weren't able to be with us. We pray your blessing. We pray your protection. We pray your healing where healing is needed. We pray your provision where provision is needed, Lord God. We pray your blessing on your people, that we would be blessed, Lord God, to be a blessing to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors and our colleagues, that we would shine brightly as a witness to you over the course of this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.